Welcome into UGA Football Live with J.C. Shelton, where the dogs come to talk. Special guests Arthur Lynch, Aaron Murray, Mark Rick, Travars King, Chris Burnett, Brandon Boykin, Rennie Curran, Keith Marshall, Malcolm Mitchell. What's up, everyone? Welcome in. Glory, glory to old Georgia. Georgia gets the top five upset, really, underdog at plus three um, headed into this Clemson game. And what a, what a beautiful defensive matchup it was. Um, I, I just I, I love seeing a defensive game like that after how college football has moved into point scoring and, and offenses up and down the field and defenses have the, you know, the, the short end of the stick when it comes to rules and stuff. So just loved watching that game on Saturday night and how we played defensively. Georgia had seven sacks, um, just absolutely shut down DJ and, and that Clemson offense that was it's gonna be really good this season. So and we'll figure out how good these offenses are later in the season. And I think we'll look back at it and just be like, wow, what a defensive game that was. Um, got a short and sweet show for you guys today. Going to hit this game, review Georgia versus Clemson, and then touch on some SEC games and some college football week one matchups that were just amazing. One of the best week ones I've ever been a part of. So can't wait to touch on that. And then we'll get into these game picks that I had on the week and see how I did versus the spread. And that'll set us up for our next show this week, previewing that UAB game in Athens at 3.30 p.m. Going to be a fun one back in Sanford Stadium. Um, So let's go ahead and jump right into it with this Georgia versus Clemson review. 10-3 Georgia. An amazing defensive game, as we already said. Going to hit on some stats right here. Let's just review these by the numbers real quick. So JT Daniels didn't throw it deep. You know, kept these short throws, and Clemson's defense forced him to. They dropped eight. Um, soft zone coverage, and he took those underneath throws, which as a quarterback, that's all you can do, right? You can't just keep forcing the ball downfield. I think it would have been bad if, if he would have done that. We probably would have had some more turnovers. Um, but he did throw an interception. Um, but 22 of 30, 135 yards, QBR 67.2. So that's not a, it's not a big game for JT. So this is more about the defense and also our running game. Um, as a team, I think we did a great job of moving the ball on a great defensive line. We had to run the ball to win, and we did. Um, That's as simple as that. Zeus had a fantastic game. If everybody was, you know, I feel like Zeus is very underrated, Zamir White, um, just because of the stable of backfield, stable of runners we have in the backfield, including Kendall Milton, James Cook, and Kenny McIntosh. So he had a just an awesome game week one 13 carries 74 yards five and a 5.7 average on a Clemson defense that is stout and that front seven is as good as they are they like Kirby Smart spoke on it and they can run and they got a nasty front so it was awesome to see him play so well had a long rush of 22 yards and you just watch that game and watch him run through contact and especially those that last run on that on that Georgia's final drive where he just ran slap over defender I could feel that in my bones I was there in the end zone. I could just feel it when he hit him back. It was a great hit. And then Kendall Milton also had a great game, I think. Uh, four and a half yard average, six carries, 27 yards. He absolutely trashed another defender as well. If you go back and watch that game, he ran slap over a guy on a 10-yard run for a first down. It was awesome. Um, James Cook, five for 19 yards, uh, long of five. And then and Kenny McIntosh just got three carries. Um, but again, like this is a running back by committee team, and I think really Zeus proved why he is running back one in that week one matchup. But can't wait to watch these other guys moving forward. Um, at receiver, we cannot talk enough about Brock Bowers. Freshman tied in, thrown in there because Darnell Washington cannot play. 
with that injury, and it was him and John Fitzpatrick, and Brock just went off. You know, because we knew that Fitzpatrick was going to be that inline blocker and used a lot for these blocking, uh, you know, responsibilities in which we really benefited from, from having a great uh, team game rushing, 121 yards on the ground against a stout Clemson defense. Brock had six receptions for 43 yards, uh, several first down catches, 7.2 average, long of 13. I think he had a fantastic game. James Cook was a second leading pass catcher, uh, four catches. Can't say enough about him. Did what he had to do. This was a hard, anything for offenses this game was tough on. So you got to keep that in mind here. Um, Jalen Johnson had the second most yards, just one catch with 21 yards. The walk-on who earned a scholarship. Great to see him play well. And then, you know, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this Georgia special teams unit right here, led by, you know, the best punter in the nation right now. You cannot say enough about Jake Camarda. Uh, he put four inside the 20, average of 43.4, long of 51. Just an awesome game from him, and he needed it. Like, because we knew coming into this game that we had a great special teams unit, and that might be prove the difference. And I think it did. You know, um, in a defensive game like that, field position is everything. And Jake really proved why he is so great and he is so useful for us. And let's look at these team stats real quick. We'll learn a little bit more about how this game went down that way. It's third down efficiency. Georgia went seven and fifteen. I think is a great number in a defensive game. Fifteen first downs to Clemson's fourteen. Total yards, 256 for Georgia, only 180 for Clemson, and 178 came through the air for Clemson. Two yards rushing Georgia gave up. Georgia's defensive front was absolutely outstanding. Good grief. Good grief. Um, DJ went 19 for 37. Uh, Rushing here, like I said, 121 for Georgia, two for Clemson. Penalties. Georgia did have 10 penalties for 94 yards compared to 7 for Clemson. And then fumbles, turnovers. Georgia had 2. Clemson had 1. And that... Time of possession, 31 minutes for Georgia, 28 for Clemson. So really even when you look at these these totals here, except rushing, that was the biggest part. Georgia just stopped Clemson from moving the ball on the ground, which really limited their offense just to DJ and you know let our pass rushers go at it. Seven sacks, guys. I mean, that is incredible for a week one game against a Clemson a Clemson team that's one of the best in the nation. Total tackles, Lewis Seen had nine, three solo, uh, two pass defended. Had a great game from him. And N'Kobe Dean, player of the game in my eyes, just an absolute animal in that middle. And he reminded me, reminded me of Monty Rice and, and Roquan Smith just back there making calls, being everywhere on the field, had two sacks was just incredible rushing the passer. Um, Adam Anderson had a sack and attack for loss. Trayvon Walker did as well. Jordan Davis had a sack. Nolan Smith, Jalen Carter. So that's seven sacks for the Bulldogs, and you could not ask for more from a Georgia defensive front than that. Just an absolute incredible game from those guys, and we'll look back on this all season and just think, wow, what a beautiful, beautiful week one game from a defense that hopefully just can keep this going. I mean, if you have a front seven, that can put pressure on a quarterback and a good team like that so much, your DBs don't have to do that much work. And and then when they did have to cover, they played well. Of course, we know Christopher Smith with that pick six, which was just incredible jump on the ball. And you could tell his football instincts are off the charts right there, just how he cut in front of that short pass and took it all the way to the house. Um, just absolutely incredible defensive performance. And I'll keep saying it. I sound like a broken record, but it was just – 
as a defensive guy myself, I just I, I love games like that, and I love watching these guys communicate and go off football instincts and rush the passer and just play free, and it was awesome. And I want to play this clip for you guys from Kirby Smart's post-game press conference, you know, just talking about having his team play in a week one and face adversity and how they responded. And then also just about the defensive backfield, like guys like Latavius Brini, Amir Speed, Christopher Smith, these guys waiting their turn in the Georgia secondary behind NFL draft picks and then balling out on Saturday night. Here's Kirby. When we get the ball, the ball hit us on the punt. You know, we're trying to be aggressive, right? And they hit a rugby punt, and it's like some people believe you don't even try to field that. Well, I hate that because I'm like, we got the ball's going to roll forever if we don't get it. And sure enough, we got some bad luck. Kyrus did what he was supposed to do. Kendall was blocking his tail off, and you get bad luck, and things don't go well. Offense didn't play perfect, right? Gave up some sacks, had some untimely penalties, but we did move the ball. We just weren't explosive. And uh, we did not play our best, but we played a really good team. Most teams, you come out and play a team like that right off the get-go, it's tough on you. It's tough slant, sled. And what I found out is that when we have to go, when we got to go four-minute and we got to grind out first downs, we got a really good physical football team, but we got to score points because football, I mean, defense is hard to play now. Like, you, you got to score points to win games, and we know that. And we've worked really hard on that, and, and we got to get better at that because we got to be able to score. All right, Jake, go ahead. Uh, Kirby, I, I've asked you about this before, but you, you look around that defense and you know, guys like Chris Smith, Amir Speed, Latavius Brandy, even Jalen Johnson on offense, you got guys that go two or three years without really making huge contributions on their side of the ball. But then, you know, they show up in a game like this. What does that say about your development and, and kind of how these guys stuck to it? Well, it says something about their character because they weren't guys that jumped in the portal and left. You know, Brini could have easily done that. Speed could have easily done that. They were behind really good players. Jalen Johnson's a walk-on that earned a scholarship, and they're really good football players. And I'm proud of them because they have stuck it out. They love Georgia. They do it for each other. And, you know, I, the development's great. Yeah, we, we, we've developed some good kids, and we've, we, we've gotten them better. But the credit goes to them, not to us, for sticking it out and being loyal to, to each other. They do it for the brotherhood they have. Good stuff there from Kirby. And just, you know, moving on and giving my final thoughts on this Georgia versus Clemson game. And what this big game win means for Georgia, you know, besides just the opportunity to go undefeated now, (laughs) is a playoff spot. And you're going to hear a lot of people talking about this from now on, but Georgia's schedule really sets up well, really sets up well for an undefeated season and a playoff spot just because we won this game here. Because even with the loss, let's say, to Alabama or Texas A&M in the SEC Championship, which I think will be either one of those teams, probably Alabama, unless Texas A&M can make some magic happen October 9th, which will be a great matchup to watch. But unless they can make that magic happen and upset the Crimson Tide, it's going to be Georgia and Alabama in the SEC Championship. And Georgia could very well lose that game and still make the playoffs with a win like this and, and running the table in the SEC, which is, you know, is a little harder you know, said than done here. Um, you know, SEC matchup every week in, week out against SEC teams is not easy. But, you know, Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri, they're all dealing with either coaching changes or rebuilding or, you know, situations like that. And it really sets up, you know, just for Georgia, Florida to decide the East and decide, you know, the SEC championship, which usually – is how it you know runs anyway in the last four or five years. It's all October 30th, Halloween night. Let's look forward to it. Georgia versus Florida uh, for the SEC championship. And even if Georgia doesn't win the SEC championship, I think we're we'll in the playoffs. 
Um, not to look too far ahead now because we have a lot more football to go, but that's just my first thoughts of what could be after this you know, big win versus Clemson. Georgia's probably going to move up to two or three in the, in the national rankings and probably going to sit there um, unless Ohio State, Oklahoma, or Alabama slips up and lets us get into that first place spot, which would be awesome as well, just to see that you know, number one by Georgia Dame. That's always a beautiful sight to see. All right, let's go ahead and get to this college football roundup. Let's mention some of the best games, and there were so many great games this past week. Just incredible. And we still have another one tonight, Louisville and Ole Miss. That's going to be an awesome one. Lane Kiffin did go down with COVID. He's recovering from that right now. Uh, His health is fine, but he's not going to be able to coach in that game. So it's going to be interesting to see what Matt Corral and that Ole Miss offense especially can do without Lane Kiffin calling plays. I don't think they're really going to miss a beat. I think Matt Corral's one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and he can lead that team without a problem on offense. But we'll have to see it. We'll have to see it. So let's go ahead and we'll start with Thursday. On Thursday, Ohio State narrowly beat Minnesota by, what, two touchdowns? Um, But it was a lot closer than that for most of the game. Gave them a big test. So interesting to see that and give them so much of a test. I thought Ohio State was going to roll. My next biggest game here was was definitely Boise State-UCF. That was a great game if you didn't get it to watch it. But UCF closed it out 36-31 to in Gus Malzahn's first game for UCF. The Gus bus rolls in that first game. Um, and then we move on to next. North Carolina, of course, upset by Virginia Tech. What an incredible atmosphere it was at Virginia Tech. It, watching that game just gave me goosebumps for you know the atmosphere that, that would have been eventually Georgia versus Clemson. And, man, I'll tell you, as someone who was there, what just incredible atmosphere um, in Charlotte. But North Carolina, Virginia Tech was a great one. Virginia Tech got the upset, the first upset of the season versus number 10 North Carolina. Sam Howe did not look great at all. Three interceptions, 17 of 32. Virginia Tech really did a, did a great job of shutting him down. Um, and then my next biggest game here is watching Oklahoma almost lose to Tulane. Uh, five-point game, 40-35. to 35. Tulane scored four, no, 13 in the fourth quarter. Oklahoma didn't have a point in the fourth quarter. Just incredible. So Oklahoma not, might not be the Big 12 favorite here. I don't know. He didn't look too great against Tulane. We'll have to see him again, see him, see some more play. Of course, this is week one. You can't, you can't decide the whole season after week one. But now next, Oregon versus Fresno State. Oregon got a seven-point win. Fresno kept it really close, and Fresno's good. We knew Fresno was good coming into this, but Oregon, I thought they would definitely you know roll a little bit better than they did. Penn State upset Wisconsin, definitely called that one. I think Penn State going into that game had a had a point to prove, and they did. Wisconsin just couldn't score, couldn't move the ball hardly at all. Both teams you know struggled really to move the ball, but Penn State's just ability to throw the ball downfield is what you know got them the win in the end. Uh, it was you know tied zero to zero at halftime. But that was a good one as well. Florida got a win over Florida Atlantic, 35-14. to Florida Atlantic scored 14 in the fourth quarter. It was 35 to nothing, so it wasn't as close as it may seem. Um, and we'll stick here in the, in the SEC. LSU lost to UCLA, 27-38. to Max Johnson, 26-46, 330 yards, three touchdowns, and they still couldn't do it. Tigers just couldn't play defense. They struggled last year on that side of the ball. We thought that, you know, without the COVID restrictions this offseason and being able to practice more and have live reps, that it'll be a little better. But they did not show that against UCLA. be interesting to see if they can put it together moving forward. 
Um, next one, Iowa, Indiana, 34 to 6. Iowa called that one. Iowa can straight up run the ball, and they really just prove their power over Indiana. Number 17, Indiana gets upset. Um, Texas closed out Louisiana 38 to 18. Uh, that was a really good one as well. And then we have to talk about, we absolutely have to talk about Maryland beating West Virginia because I called it that dog. Tagavaloa Jr. to his brother, Talia, played really well. 26-36, 332 yards, three touchdowns to upset West Virginia. That was a great game. Mississippi State barely beat Louisiana Tech 35-34. to That was incredible. Uh, watching Real Rogers, 39-47, 370 yards, three touchdowns in that Mike Leaked offense. Couldn't really play defense, didn't really run the ball, um, you know, but hey, that's how Mike Leach plays. You know, that's how you come to expect a Mike Leach team to play. Um, but a one point win of Louisiana Tech, SEC, I don't know, SEC with LSU losing and Mississippi State almost losing, and then Vanderbilt, of course, losing. Vanderbilt, oh my goodness, don't even get me started on Vanderbilt. East Tennessee beat them 23 to 3. Oh my gosh. As an SEC fan, my heart did drop a little bit when I heard that. Didn't get to watch it because I was busy watching Georgia Clemson. Um, But Missouri was able to close out a 34-24 win over Central Michigan. And if if they would have lost, too, the SEC would have had a bad day overall for sure. And let's go ahead and mention my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets losing in the home opener to Northern Illinois. Now, Northern Illinois is one of the best teams in the MAC, but they're in the MAC. And you're Georgia Tech, and you're supposed to be rebuilding and having a great season this year. All the hype was surrounding them, and now 0-1 to start it off. So not a, not a good look if you're a Yellow Jacket, but thank God we are Georgia Bulldogs. And finally, Notre Dame, Florida State. Notre Dame closes out in overtime. Number 9 Notre Dame in overtime, 41-38 to over Florida State. And if you didn't get to see that game, Mackenzie Milton, you know, who, who absolutely blew out his knee a few years ago for UCF and you know worked all his way back and got to play and close out the game versus Notre Dame and almost led the team to a win. And it was incredible to watch. Just incredible to watch. A great story. And and to see him come back and and persevere through that knee injury, which was absolutely horrible. Um, It it was a beautiful sight to see. And that's why we love college football. Opportunities like that. And that was a great game as well. And just a couple of SEC teams that I forgot to mention here. Auburn beat Akron 60-10. South Carolina over Eastern Illinois 46 to nothing. And of course, Alabama rolled over Miami 44-13. Bryce Young looked really well, uh, played well. I think he I think he did a good job of sitting in the pocket and really picking apart that Miami defense. But when you have an offensive line like Alabama, it's a little bit easier um, to do. But Miami did, it did pose a little bit of a threat headed into that game just because of returning some really good talent on both sides of the ball, especially Derrick King on offense. But Alabama just played like Alabama, um, and they rolled. So going to be interesting to see if somebody can make them slip up. Texas A&M will be my biggest bet there. But yeah, so that covers our college football roundup for week one. A great, great weekend of games. And we finished it tonight, of course, with Louisville and Ole Miss. That's a 7.30 p.m. kickoff on ABC. So let's go ahead and move on to these, these game picks and review my game picks. The spread versus JC, and we'll get out of here um, and get you ready for UAB in a couple days. But so last year I started 0 and 5, and then I ended up missing one game um, to make it 500. So I was one game off 500. Started 0 and 5, which really you know made me have to play catch up the rest of the season. But I'm pleased to say that your boy went 5 and 0 
on the game picks, the Spray versus JC in week one. It's amazing what you can do without having to juggle two jobs and a full load of classes during the fall football season. So Boise State at UCF, I had UCF minus five, and of course they won 36 to 31. I had Penn State to cover five and a half. They, of course, put off the upset there. And then, let's see, the next one was Indiana, Iowa. Iowa just absolutely rolled over Indiana. I had Iowa there. Um, And then, let's see, yeah, Georgia versus Clemson, of course, called. Georgia had them plus three. I think I backlined that to six and a half and actually won that one as well. And finally, Alabama, Miami. Alabama was 19.5 favorite. Definitely took that. They could have won by 40. They almost did. So 5-0, starting the college football season off on the best note I could have. Hopefully we'll be at 10-0 next week. I'll have those picks for y'all in a couple of days when we have our UAB preview episode. That's it for today, guys. Thank you so much again for listening and following along with us. Make sure, as always, to check us out at UGAWire.com part of the USA Today's College Wire Network. Got all your Georgia football coverage. We had a great week in this this past week covering this Georgia football team and love to have you visit us there. So please check us out there. Also, as always, at UGA Football Live on Twitter. That's where we do most of our content. So make sure and check us out there as well. And I'm at J underscore Shelton on Twitter. Let me know what you think of this game. What was your prediction? Did it come true? What are you looking for the rest of this season? And what is your predicted score for UAB Georgia? We'll have that preview coming out, like I said, in a couple of days. Uh, But until then, thanks so much, y'all, and have a great one. Go dogs. Tyler Simmons is on sides.